All right. Welcome to Leading is Serving, Jason. Yeah, Chris. Welcome back from uh, big vacation, right? Yeah, I had to take a little bit of a break. Um, you look refreshed. I, I feel renewed. Refreshed, renewed. It's that warm weather. You're smiling bigger. Yeah, I am. Yeah, and then uh, you come home from the warm weather from the beach. Yep. And what did you come home to? Ice and snow. It was like on my doorstep. Like the plane flew in and it was on the verge of snowing. And yes, there was ice. And yeah. was, like y'all got home as it was shifting from like ice to snow or something. Yeah, it totally right? was. Yeah. So I was Bang. like, oh, I actually had a friend say, hey, why are you coming home? I was like, if it was my choice, I wouldn't be coming right. home. <laughs> right. But the airline says I have to fly now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I figure that had to be a little bit nice that you know you fly in on an evening the next morning, temptation to hit the ground running 100% yes. at work or whatever, and there's almost a foot of snow on the ground. Yeah, so. there wasn't, it was harder to get things done, so we kind of hit pause for a moment. But yes, it was nice, to, nice to transition smooth, a little slower. slower. Yeah, slow re entry. Slow nice. re entry versus 110 mile an hour, try to make up the difference. Right. So. right. Well, welcome back. We're glad you're back. And Thanks. Um, Thanks. It's good yeah. to be back. And, Thanks for hanging out again today, and we're on episode 13, I think. Lucky yeah. number 13. We are moving right along. Yeah, so. yeah and just to give you a little teaser, we're going to shift um, shift gears a little bit today, and we're going to talk to our first nonprofit leader on the podcast. Well, that's exciting. And so we'll we'll tell you a little bit more about that interview coming up here in a bit. But, uh, All right. In the meantime, I think we're just going to keep talking about our five voices a little bit. Yeah, let's touch on cool you. Yeah, let's one we touch on today. Yeah, we've, uh, let's see, we've covered the connector. Okay. We um, uh, covered the guardian, okay. and uh, today we're going to cover the nurturer. The nurturer is a beautiful voice. It's a it's it's the personality that puts the highest value on people, relational harmony, values, and so your nurturers are the ones that um, bring just kind of this relational oil to the organization. That some of the voices can be kind of like a car engine. Mm-hmm. You know, car engine is made out of um, sharp metal objects rubbing against each other, right? Okay. And if you don't have oil in an engine, what happens? Right. It locks Problems. up. Right. And so the nurturer is the one that brings that relational oil to the organization. Hmm. That they're the ones, um, you know, just checking in on people, um, yeah. making sure everything is well, making sure everything is good. And in the context of an organization, nurturers are great in that they intuitively feel how an organization might react to a new idea or change. Mm. And so some of the voices are like, oh, let's go for this. Let's do that. Let's change this. Let's move, you know, in this direction. And a nurturer, no matter how big the organization is, a nurturer can see to the furthest reaches of the organization to know how different people will react to that change, how that might affect them. And, you know, and they, they might look at something on a spreadsheet and go, yeah, I can see how we can save $100,000 this year, but mm-hmm. man, we're going to have huge turnover." Because we're compromising a value, we're compromising something in our relational structure as an organization that we don't we don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. And so they they defend values, they defend people, um, because people will always come first before profit. And that doesn't mean that they don't care about profit. Right? You know, they know profit's important. Profit, you know, has to you has know place. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But they will value people above that. And okay. so if it's a matter of you know, if we're going to make X amount of profit or we're only going to make half of that profit, but we value our people better mm-hmm. um, and we don't, we don't lose people in the process, they're probably going to opt for the people over the profit. And so, um, you know, like we said, they just, they function as that relational oil within the organization. They just help things keep going. Um, they're very pragmatic. Um, they like to ask the question, has this really been thought through? 
This looks good on a spreadsheet. This this sounds good in theory. These are great ideas. This is a great big vision. But have we really thought this through? Have we really thought through all the intricacies and how that works in the relationships of our organization, not just with inside, but outside as well with customers, yeah. with, yeah. you know, the community, the way we, you know, the way we're perceived in the community, they, they uh, look through that as well. Um, nurturers are by nature um, more on the humble side. Some of the voices um, can have more confidence, maybe even arrogance. Yeah. Nurturers tend to, yeah, they're probably one, one of the few voices that actually celebrate others more then they celebrate themselves. They take genuine delight in the accomplishments and achievements and the success and victories of others. And they will often do that to their own um, silence about, about themselves. Uh, and they're natural team players because they love people. Mm -hmm. They love working with you because, man, that, that's, that's a relationship they can dig into mm -hmm. and share. Um, but in, in the process, though, sometimes nurturers can, can be overly resistant to change. That... Um, you know, they may not be able to express the, the, the intuition that they have about relationships. Mm -hmm. And so maybe there's this great idea on the table, but um, they become resistant to change because they don't know exactly how to express the, the, the intuition about relationships that they're feeling. Because a nurturer um, wants to make sure even the relationships around the table are valued and protected. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they, um, as leaders, we have to kind of create a safe space for nurturers to speak up out of the five voices. They're actually the quietest of the five voices in situations like this, that they're afraid of, um, you know, of, of, of upsetting the relationships. And so they, they hesitate to speak out. Um, they can, you know, from an unhealthy level, nurturers can come become a little bit passive aggressive. <laughs> you know, they don't mind on the back end going, yeah, I told you so. Right. <laughs> you know, um, but um, you know, nurturers are phenomenal. We love, uh, you know, nurturers in our organizations, they, um, they, they care for one another. Super great. Um, but they rarely value the contribution they make hmm. a lot of times because of that humility nurturers aren't exactly sure why they even should have a place at the table. When everybody around the table is going, you are a super confident leader. You are competent. You are, we absolutely love having you around the table. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not sure why I need to be. Right. You know, I'm not sure why I'm a leader in this in this spot, and so making space for nurturers to uh, to have that safe space to talk about relationships, talk about people, um, not talk about people, right? To talk about the value, mm -hmm. uh, not, a, not not behind their back, but, right? <laughs> uh, but let them speak first. You know, when when a big uh, big decision is coming down the pike, or you know, look thinking about a big change, seek your nurturers out first. Mm -hmm. How do we see this change? working its way through the organization. What's the people impact that this has mm. and involve them early in that process. Don't wait till the end, mm -hmm. you know, involve them early in that. Let them talk about the people component because out of that, you will probably find new ideas, new ways of, of achieving that goal, achieving that change mm -hmm. that um, will have a greater impact because we're not accidentally overlooking our people and overlooking that. So value your nurtures. Yeah. They bring great, um, um, great value to the team. And actually within our population, um, about 43% of your workforce, of your employees, are potentially nurturers. Really? And so it is a, um, it's a widespread voice mm -hmm. that we want to value, want to bring to the forefront, um, make sure they have room and space to speak, um, because what they have to say about relationships could be valuable for mm -hmm. you and your organization. That's interesting. 
Yeah, that's very interesting. So we're going to shift over um, toward our interview here in just a moment. But yes. if you want to know more about the five voices and how that can work out and play out in your in your team, we talked about this last week on the podcast a little bit, that right. um, um, we're offering some free boot camps, uh, walking through the five voices, walking through um, you know communication on your team, how to bring effectiveness to your team through understanding the voices of one another and truly valuing the contribution that they bring to your team. Right. Um, that uh, there's a link in the show notes uh, that you can go to, to uh, uh, Exonimo dot solutions um, and uh, learn more. Spell that for me. E X A N I M O. Okay. Dot solutions. Perfect. All right. And uh, on there, there's links to one. You can take the assessment yourself and learn what your uh, foundational voice and, and voice order is, um, and tons of free resources on there as well uh, to learn more about uh, about that in your life, um, but also um, uh, some resources for you and your team as well. That's to awesome. Dive into that. Thank so, you for sharing that with us. Absolutely. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna talk to an organization today that that really kind of has a nurture heart in our community. Yeah, you know what? That's, I was like, man, this is perfect timing. Like, I love this nurture side of things because yeah. this is definitely a relational, um, absolutely, yeah. situation. So we're gonna talk with uh, Renee Fernay. Um, she is the executive director of Resources of Hope here in the South Indy area in Johnson County. Um, Renee has uh, been with an organization for a few years. Um, but, um, yeah, our, our family has uh, come in contact with Renee. We've known her for a, a few years now and resources. Of hope we've been a part of that in our foster and adoption journey. Um, and so we wanted to just kind of dive in to know a little bit more about how they're affecting our community mm-hmm. how they're bringing value and, and support right. and really nurturing, um, and I'm super excited because I have not uh, had a chance to talk with her prior to this point. And, I think um, you're going to enjoy this. I'm looking forward to figuring out what all this is going on and what what, what she's doing and, and uh, all the things that she's sharing within our yeah. community. And I think we're going to find some parallels. If you're a business owner out there going, ah, it's a nonprofit, yeah. stay tuned in because I think there, I think we're going to find some crossover values of, uh, from the nonprofit to the for-profit world that That's are going to be valuable. So, yeah. Let's do it. All right. Here we go. Howdy. All right. Well, hey, Renee, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Very good. Very good. Glad good. glad you're joining us today. Yes. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for asking. Really excited to talk about your journey, and uh, especially with Resources of Hope and all the work that y'all are doing here in the community. Um, we're just really excited about all that y'all do. Um, yeah, so let's jump into it. Yes. You ready? Sure. You're on the hot seat. Yeah. Right. Here we go. <laughs> ask me. Ask me questions. I do better when you ask. All right, Renee. So tell us a little bit about where you're from and how you got here. Well, um, I am actually from Wisconsin. Um, in my late mid to late 20s, I ended up moving to Pennsylvania. I moved with a friend who was going to Penn State signed a 12-month lease with every intention to go back to Wisconsin. Um, And then I met Peter, and everything changed. So I ended up, he lived in Virginia and actually came to train me um, in my job at a printing company. So I met him through work, and I ended up We ended up dating, talking a lot on the phone, and I ended up moving in with him in Northern Virginia, and 
We got engaged there. We moved right across the border into West Virginia and had my two kids. Um, spent about 10 years there and then came back to the Midwest and ended up in Indiana with Peter's job. So while we were in, I know I kind of skated over that quickly. While we were <laughs> in um, West Virginia, we owned our own uh, uh, business for I'm trying to remember what it was. It seems like so long ago. We owned a um, consulting business in the printing industry. So we own Stochast was the name of it for eight years. Um, mm-hmm. Along with that, I had an in-home daycare center. So I had, I love kids. Like, can you tell? So um, yeah, that was kind of, that's kind of our that's cool. That's Our great. History. So you've gone from the printing industry to owning your own business, consulting in the printing industry, to daycare, and now you're involved in foster care with Resources of Hope, right? Correct. All right. So uh, as far as my journey to help foster kids, I've always wanted to help foster kids. I saw a show when I was a teenager about foster kids, and that always intrigued me, and I always knew that I would at some point in my life um, be working with foster kids. Uh, I think it was uh, date two with my now husband that I said, oh, by the way, I want to foster someday. He's like, okay, crazy lady, I just met you. But um, so that was always in my path. Um, 2017, we decided that our family was uh, called to foster. So we started the process and started fostering that year, 2018. We did not have a great experience in our foster journey and decided that it was not actually our calling to foster. Um, But I always knew that I wanted to have something to do. So we had a really bad experience with foster. I'm just going to lay it out there. It was was not a a Uh feel-good. And with adoption, everything, it was just a poor experience. So to the point where I can remember being upstairs and thinking, okay, I really want to foster. I thought this is, you know, where God led me. And I feel like um, I had to choose between fostering or my marriage. Like that's how bad it was. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to choose my marriage. And in that same conversation, this is the only time I heard God say, this is your journey, Renee. This is not your family's journey. I get all teary thinking about it. That is, that was really big for me because I haven't had those moments. Um, I was always a little envious of people who said, oh, I heard God tell me to do this because I had not had those moments before. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, all right, let's see what we have in store for me. So obviously I chose my marriage because I'm still married and um, to a wonderful man. And he's um, crazy because he joins me in this journey that I have to help foster kids. And uh, so this led me to Resources of Hope. Um I heard about them or met them through a um, QPR suicide prevention training class that they were doing, and I thought, what an amazing um, ministry that they have helping foster kids get clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, when kids come into foster care, they are often removed from you know bad situations, and they literally only have the clothes on their back. So the, um, Resources of Hope was formed out of a garage. Um, the founders received a large donation from a secondhand store, 
and they would bag clothes up just by word of mouth with foster parents and social media and stuff. They would bag clothes and put them on their porch, and kids that came into care would, uh, their foster parents would go and get them. So that was 2018, and I said, okay, I'll just start volunteering, sorting clothes, and uh, see where that takes me, and that took me through the steps to become the director, which is what I'm at now. Wow. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Now, <laughs> um, I mean, the journey of these foster kids are really, I mean, some there's so many heartbreaking stories. And you guys are right there on, literally on the doorstep um, within minutes of, you know, families receiving a foster kiddo, um, offering help. I mean, we... Um, you know, we we talked last week on the podcast that my family's been involved in foster care for a lot of years, and you guys have certainly been there for us as resources of hope, and you and your family. Um, but we even heard a story last week of you know kids not even coming with clothes on their back in the middle of winter, in the middle of our snowstorms oh and stuff. Uh, one kid came to a home without shoes; oh, wow. had no shoes. And so, um, you know, you guys are filling a huge need and a huge gap, um, and we're really grateful for that um, as our family. Um, so there, that's my plug. We'll move on with that. <laughs> Great. But, um, but um, yeah, so tell us a little bit about about your role, that you went from volunteering in this organization to uh, director, executive director now. Um, tell us a little bit about your role and what you do um, each week. Oh. Or Andy. There's, there's <laughs> so much that goes into running a nonprofit. Um, mm-hmm. I think someone asked me once uh, what – uh, the biggest role is that that we have in the foster community, and I'm like, I don't know. I think it's so different um, from day to day and from family to family and what their needs are. Um, I couldn't do a day in the life of me because it changes every day. Huh. Um, it's kind of we're, we're here to help those who need it, and that looks mm-hmm. different from day to day. You know, one day it could be, um, going into the office when we're closed because there is a placement that came with no shoes, um, and that actually happened Friday, um, where we got a call and we were closed because of weather, and foster mom called and said, I don't have anything. Uh, he has a pair of slippers that we put on him, but he doesn't have shoes. We don't have anything for them. And I'm like, okay, I will get ready and, and make my way out to the office and meet you there. So sometimes that's what my day looks like. Sometimes my day looks like snuggling with a um, newly placed two-year-old foster girl who uh, has no idea what's going on and is repeatedly asking for mom because she's too little to understand Mm -hmm. that mom can't be there. Um, And foster mom has to shop for her older kid or her older siblings and stuff like that. Um, sometimes my day looks like fundraising and making Mm -hmm. calls and getting our name out there to, you know, people we would like to partner with in our community to help kids. Um, sometimes it looks like do, you know, organizing the other four programs that we have besides the clothing closet. It looks so different (laughs) from day to day. Can you break that down? So I'm looking at that from an outside perspective. What, what exactly are those, break those down for me. So what are the, what are the key points that you try to make sure that your, your ministry is hitting and what's, what's your goal? Our goal is really to be, um, an all-inclusive, 
uh, wraparound support organization to foster families. Okay. Um, and the reason why I can't define that into one statement is because mm-hmm. it looks so different right. for each foster family. Um, right. Our, you know, flagship program is our mm-hmm. clothing closet. Um, okay. But then we've branched off. So now we also have our birthday blessing program. We have our Teen Connect program, which serves 12 to 17-year-old foster adopted or kinship kids. We have our um, training program that we offer once a month to foster parents. We have our community outreach events. We offer quarterly recharge, uh, which is an afternoon of free childcare for foster families. We have hope for the holidays and a foster family appreciation picnic in May. So we have all sorts of... So what (laughs) the first couple that you hit, like the, the, explain those to me, like the kids uh, and the teens thing, what is, what is the purpose of those as well? So birthday blessings is pretty self-explanatory. We just offer birthday gifts and new outfits to foster kids. And I'll um, caveat this with saying all of our programs are free and they're all also available to kinship families. Mm-hmm. Um, do we know what kinship is? You might explain that. No, go yeah. ahead and so explain that. kinship is um, a, a, usually a blood relative that isn't um, biological mom or dad. Okay. So a lot of times, most of what I see with kinship in our area are grandparents. So grandparents with their grandkids living with them, mm-hmm. uh, raising their their grand grandkids. Sometimes it's cousins or aunts and uncles, but Typically what I see is grandparents around here. Okay. Um, so Teen Connect, I think mm-hmm. we're, I'm trying to jump back to. Teen Connect is uh, a support group for teenagers. Okay. So why is that important? Right. But Jason pro- could probably Because middle school, point in on that. <laughs> middle school has to be the best years of your life. Middle school is horrible. I would never go back to middle school. <laughs> I think I'd rather have a root canal. And that's and go the back point of Teen Connect. Okay. Is you've got teenagers who are, you know, dealing with their identity. They're mm-hmm. dealing with their self worth, um, trying to figure out their place in life because mm-hmm. you know they've either, um, you know, something's gone awry in the biological family, and they have a new yeah. situation in life. Right. And you know they're, they're trying to stuff. which end is up, and mm-hmm. so. So um, to add on to the you know, challenging teenage years, they're now perhaps in a new family. They're trying to figure out the, themselves at the same way. They're trying to figure out where they fit in this new family dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that when people see foster kids in their head, they see babies and they see toddlers. Mm-hmm. I don't think they see teenagers. Mm-hmm. I don't. Um, and really, that's a, a turning point in a lot of kids' lives. You know, yeah. they're starting to make their own decisions um, if they don't have good role models, if they weren't taught right and wrong actions, consequences, if they uh-huh. don't know that, um, that's challenging for them and for their foster family. So we're just here to love on them, give them um, the support they need. We meet a couple times a month. We have dinner. We have an event. Um, sometimes we, you know, do things like car care and how you change oil and check air on a tire and Sometimes we paint rocks. Paint, mm-hmm. Painting is a popular craft mm-hmm. activity with our girls. Um, so we just, yeah, we just get together and let them know they're not alone. And cool, they can do it. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about some of the trainings that you do for for families. So, in order to maintain a foster license, you have to have a certain amount of hours of training. 
mm-hmm. per year. Um, and one thing that we heard our families say was there aren't a lot of trainings available and the trainings that are available are repetitive. Um, so we're like, okay, that's it. That's a need we can meet. So I get together and partner with other community. I don't do the trainings. Okay. I'm, I'm not talking in front of people and, and stuff like that is not something that I really enjoy. So I'm really good at connecting though. <laughs> so I, you know, meet people in our community that are able to come in and do the trainings for us. Um, we have had anything from uh, how to um, how to care for and style ethnic hair. We've had, um, of course, CPR because that's something we all need to be certified in. We've had. I'm drawing a blank on some of the other ones, Jason. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to be helpful either. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, yeah, yeah, understanding substance use disorder, uh, diversity training. Um, we actually had a couples conflict resolution mm. taken from my experience and knowing how hard fostering is on a marriage. You know, people mm-hmm. don't think about that, right. but yeah, it's, great. it's hard. It's it is. challenging. Um, suicide prevention. We did the QPR training. A wide yeah. Variety. Wow. That, yeah, it's everything from what you could say probably emotional support, not just for the kids, but for the families. Um, you know, practical support, skills. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of things that you guys do, which is really cool, really cool. So, um, <clears throat> so as a, uh, uh, I'm gonna spring this question on you. All right. So as a nonprofit, um, you are dealing with volunteers um, to help help the organization run. I mean, we've, we've shown up to a Teen Connect night, and um, your family's out there. Um, I've met other volunteers, other parents, you know, who have come to help with those nights and things like that. Um, what's it like in terms of leadership? Because, you know, this is about leading and serving, and you guys are certainly serving the community, mm-hmm. you know, fighting for the highest goods, highest good of these kids and these families. Um, but what's it like leading volunteers? Um, what are What are some of the principles that that you have to keep in mind of going, all right, these these volunteers, they don't necessarily have to do what they say they're going to do or what we need them to do. And um, what's it like leading? What are some principles, some values that, that you try and keep in the forefront of your mind as you work with these volunteers? Well, um, the first thing I do when someone says, I want to volunteer with Resources of Hope is I sit down and have a conversation with them about what they want to do. What does their volunteering with us look like? Because um, I have found that if you're looking for volunteers, obviously there are certain things that you need volunteers for, but if you just plug in random people in the positions you need filled, uh, you're not always successful doing that. So I like to have a conversation. I like to say, Mm -hmm. you know, what are your skills? What are your passions? Where do you see yourself fit and go from there? Um, And then as far as leading volunteers, I don't know if I have a big spiel about how to... (laughs) Well, it sounds sounds like it's a great starting point Um, because it's truly, I mean, if I guess if you don't know where they're trying to serve, and you have so many different facets to what you do, it's, I mean, I guess it could be easy to plug people into spots where 
you need help, right? I mean, yeah, but mm-hmm. it's it's not always successful. I I enjoy having a conversation first. Um, mm-hmm. I learn about who they are, and then it's easier to to put them in a position where they're going to feel successful. Mm-hmm. If a volunteer comes in Wisdom. and doesn't feel successful, they're not going to volunteer. Right. Um, the other thing I've learned is to. Uh, Along those lines of feeling successful, be sure that you give volunteers a a measurable kind of um, way that they can see that they've made a difference. So Mm -hmm. we're a clothing closet. We can go through clothes every day, and it doesn't look like you're doing a lot some days. And it's frustrating because it doesn't look like you're doing a lot. Volunteers want to come in, and they want to see that they've made a difference. They Mm want to feel that they've made a difference. So um, I've learned to kind of break down those larger items into smaller chunks so that they can see a difference and they feel appreciated and feel like they're making a difference. Mm. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And I hope, I hope yes. that, I mean, well, I think we should talk about this a little bit later in the recap. Yeah. But I hope our business owners are thinking about this too. If you're leading paid teams, right. that these two life lessons from leading volunteers, I think are critical within our, our paid Right. You know, that if we skip those two points of, you know, is this person really a good match for this job? Mm -hmm. They're not just doing the job because we're paying them to do it. Right. There needs to be some alignment. Especially with um, people who are uh, retirees or even younger, the younger generations Mm -hmm. that are constantly trying, which I'm sure you bumped into, where you're trying, they're trying to, they they want more out of it than just even getting paid. Even in, in, so whether it's a volunteer or a paid position, it's they need more out of it than just... Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. They need to know that they're making a difference, especially in this day and age. Yes, it's <laughs> huge. So we've talked a little bit about you know the the five programs that you guys run, um, the impact that you're having in the community. Um, but take us five years down the road. Um, what do you <laughs> what do you hope um, resources of hope is able to do in our community in our foster care? Um, Maybe you should start with 2022. <laughs> yeah. Well, to, to go five years down the road, what I where I see Resources of Hope growing is um, in their teen program. I would like to see our Teen Connect grow um, to the point of a bigger mentorship program and job train on the job training program. Um, I really feel my heart's in the, obviously, if you've talked to me for more than four minutes, you can tell that my my passion is really the, these teenagers because I feel like they're at such a crucial point in their life where mm-hmm. they can make the decisions. The, t- the babies and the elementary kids aren't, they can't make the decisions for themselves, um, but the teenagers can and they are. So whether those are good decisions or bad depend on who's in their life helping guide them, and that's really where I would like resources of hope to go. All right. Pouring more into our teenagers. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> how many, if just out of curiosity, do you have any families in Paul Park you sir, that you helped with last year in 2021? Well, I haven't gotten those numbers together quite yet, but no. I'm going to say it's about 400. 400 families? Yeah, 400 families. So that, I mean, it could more. potentially be more than one kid oh, in absolutely. each family. So yeah. it's like. seven, 800 yeah. kids. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. And that's largely wow. just Johnson County, right? Yeah, we're about 65% Johnson, okay. County. Johnson County. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's huge. Yeah. I mean, you can go through life thinking, well, I really don't know many foster kids or families that are doing that, but yeah, there's 
There's a lot out there. Yeah. A lot do you have money. an idea? I'm just curiosity. Do you have any idea how many volunteers helped you last year in 2021? Not that it's a really a metric that many people are going to follow, but I mean, um, just who's curious. I, you know, I don't. I don't have those numbers. But I'm sure that you have plenty of space for for more people to help. Yeah, absolutely. Especially as you grow with these bigger, with, with yeah. this youth. Yeah. It's exciting. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Well, on that, let's, let's just follow that a little further. If uh, somebody's listening going, you know, I could, I could help uh, with some job skill things with teenagers, or mm-hmm. I could sit with the two-year-old, <laughs> you yeah. know, little girl who, who's confused and doesn't know, or I can, I can sort through boxes. Mm-hmm. You know, right. I, I can fold clothes and I can see what's donatable and what's not. And, you know, um, you know, what, how would, how would somebody get plugged in with resources of hope to help volunteer? Well, they would contact me, Jason. Well, how do we do <laughs> that, how Renee? Do we do that? So uh, the, easiest, the easiest thing to do is go to our website. And uh, on our website, my email address is all over the place. So our website is www.resourcesofhope.org. Um, and, you know, you can get more information about who we are, who we serve, the programs we have. And like I said, my email address, I think, is on like every page. And it, for those that don't have the time but might have some resources that want to help donate to that process, is that a good place for them to reach out as well? Or yes, to go to absolutely. and figure that out? Yeah. Okay. But you've got a fundraising event coming up pretty soon, right? We do. You want to tell us about that? Yes. Sure. We are having our first All In for Foster Youth Casino Night on March 5th at Bay Horse Inn. Um, we will have dinner by Grafton Peak Catering. Um, it, this will be a, uh, well, so first tickets are $75 a piece or a table of eight for $500. Um, there are plenty of sponsorship opportunities also available. Um, but we all have a great night. You'll be able to come and play poker or blackjack or test your luck at some tables. Um, It does not cost anything to play these games. Um, And you will, instead of getting payouts of money, you will get payouts of tickets to enter to win some fantastic prizes that we have available. Great. Very cool. That's exciting. What's the coolest prize you got on the table so far? From what I'm hearing, I think the coolest prize is a week stay at a house in Puerto Rico. I'm going. (laughs) We've got some great um, jewelry from Franklin Jewelers. We've got a huge screen TV available. We have a painting that's being made for us um, from an artist in Ohio that does a painting for us every time. She's amazing. Um, And we have more stuff. I can't give it all away. Right. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, you're going to give it all away. But not not on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's super exciting. So um, let's tap into the world of advice real quick. All right. If, um, uh, since we're on kind of the vein of volunteers and supporting, um, somebody who's sitting out there going, you know, I've, I've always felt drawn to help, but you know, there's just this hurdle or an obstacle to get over. What what kind of advice would you give them that um, that might motivate them or inspire them to go ahead and make that call, uh, send that email to you? Um, well, I think that there are so many facets you could do to help. Um, I thought my help to fo- with foster kids was going to be to be a foster parent, and mm-hmm. I found out that that wasn't that wasn't how I can help. Um, I can help with my time. I can um, put all these programs together, and I can put all these opportunities out there. But um, if we don't have volunteers to help with the individual 
programs or fundraising um, or donating, then we can't make it work. So I feel like there's a, everybody can do something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say to just reach out to me and I'm happy to talk with you and find what your something is. Yeah. Cause it could be as big or little yep. as it needs mm-hmm. to be to start Absolutely. out. Absolutely. I mean, we have an Amazon wish list. We have people that like shopping that will find some great deals on kids clothes or new backpacks <laughs> and come in and say, these were all 50 cents and we want to donate. That's fantastic. We don't, we don't get mm-hmm. a lot of new items that we put out for our kids. Most of them are gently used. So, you know. Some some people enjoy shopping and bargain hunting and get us some great deals. They're still helping. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah, the two-year-olds don't care if there's a tag on those right. PJs. Right. But when a teenager sees a new tag on something, that, mm-hmm. That's a big that does mean a lot. Yes. It does mean a lot. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to the family who has been thinking about foster care and hasn't uh, made that call to DCS or one of our other um, you know, support organizations like, uh, um, I'm blank now, Children's Bureau or... Uh, whites or, you know, different things like that. Um, but, um, you know, what would you say to that family who's thinking about getting in the the fray of it all? I would say pray on it and then do it. Um, we There's a huge shortage right now of foster parents. Uh, I hear from DCS and other agencies all the time about the need for foster parents in our community. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's not, I mean, I'm an honest shooter, right? So it's not always an easy journey. That's mm-hmm. not that's not mm-hmm. an easy calling, but it's very fulfilling, um, and it's very needed. Mm-hmm. So I'd yeah, say and by it not being an easy journey means um, your heart will get hurt at some point, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and it's the journey is a part of working through that and figuring out how to love and support these kids regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about the the foster family that didn't realize? There's resources out there. They feel like they're alone. Um, what do you want to? What would you say to those foster families? They need to get in touch with me right now. <laughs> no question about it. <laughs> no question about it. Yeah, give me a call. Send me an email. Yeah. Well, we hope your right your phone and email blow up over the next few days. Right. <laughs> I'm not actually going to give you my phone number because it's my cell phone. That. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, that's right. Just email smart, me. Smart, smart, yeah, yeah. smart. Email. Email's a great option. Yeah, absolutely. Facebook absolutely. Messenger. You know. Right. Facebook, Instagram, whatever, whatever your mode of communication is, that's how you should reach out to us. Yeah, great. All right. Well, um, so it was resourcesofhope.org mm-hmm. and um, your email, um, and then the phone number for resources on the website as well. Um, yeah, and there are tons of things going on from fundraisers coming up to events. Super exciting. Yeah. Thank you for giving us some of your time and, and uh, talking with us about some of these neat opportunities that I didn't have a clue about what was going on. I know you had more insight to this, but I was, thank you for bringing me up to speed. Anytime. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. See you guys in a few minutes. Jason, you know, I really, um, it's always great to talk to people. And every time we talk to somebody new, and I didn't know Renee prior to today, but mm-hmm. it's just amazing what's going on around us. And I'm, yeah. I'm really ecstatic about the fact that we get to find out about these things. Right. I didn't even know that all this stuff was going on. I'm obviously you've been a part of it and it was it's right. a difference for you, but man, she is a busy lady. But I, I had no idea the, the full impact and the full reach 
of what Resources Hope is doing. Yeah, 400 families for last year. Yeah. Is that? It's amazing. That is amazing to me that there's just, that's a lot of impact. Right. 400 families in one year. That's almost a family, a a little more than a family a day. Yeah, that's cool. That is really cool. It's just amazing. And just the whole idea of a, a child not being able to have anything more than what's on their back is just, right. It's eye opening. Yeah. And yeah, very and, sobering. And how many of those are removed in the middle of the night or in under duress? I mean, in right. you know, potentially violent situations or right. just abandonment. I mean, it's just, that's, I mean, that's a whole other facet to the whole already. The fact that they don't have the basic needs right on, on top of this is just right. a lot. It's a lot to absorb, a lot to think about and a lot to, um, I'm just ecstatic that she is just taking off and everything is going so great for her. And that absolutely there's, um, and I'm, I'm very thankful that, that we've had the opportunity to also bring this to light for those of us, you know, those that might be listening that you know, want to get involved and just it's a lot. She needs help. Right. She needs right. help. She's and I know uh, she didn't quite have an exact number on volunteers and I'm trying to think how many, you know, our families run into, I've, you know, I've probably met, you know, 10, maybe 20 different people in the different ways that we've interacted with resources. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, 400 families yes. being reached by that few people. They, yeah, they need help. They do. They do. They do. Um, yeah. And it's so easy for us to get involved in our own little bubble in life and, right. and not realize that, you know, there's, there's so many families around us who are either, you know, either hurting or trying to do good and the support that we can bring through just, you know, that really, I mean, Resources hope is amazing, but it's a simple concept, right? What do these families need, and how do we meet their needs, right? And you it's know? all right here, within like, it's all right here in our backyard. Like, yeah, exactly. Just so much stuff of this, so much of this is going on mm-hmm. within within minutes, right, of where we currently sit. So Absolutely. it's just amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I wanted to circle back around with some of the things she was talking about in terms of leadership, mm-hmm. since you know we're talking about leading and serving, and, right? You know, just the the two things that she's learned with walk, uh, walking through. Uh, volunteerism and, and leading volunteers was one, um, you know, the first thing she said, if I can remember this correctly, <laughs> was having that conversation on the front end. Right. You know, what are you, what are you truly seeking to do? And let's mm-hmm. make sure that's a match. Right. You know, cause in, you know, in the world of volunteers, if, you know, if, if they don't feel like it's a match and it's not something they really want to do, they're probably not going to do it for you. Right. You know, and you lose that volunteer or, or that, that, that task goes undone and then there's a gap and a hole made. And so, um, you know, in our businesses, you know, it's easy to throw a job description out and hire somebody toward that job description. Right. And then they get in the position and, you know, are we having that con- same conversation with their employees saying, mm-hmm. you know, how, how is this a match for you? Are you, are you truly excited? Are you truly wanting to be doing what we're doing? You know, do we need to shift? Do we need to change? You know what? Maybe they have a gift or a, um, a skill or a talent that they could bring to the organization that's not in the job description mm-hmm. that could totally blow the doors open on something for you. You know, just, um, you know, and so then the second thing she was talking about was, you know, how do they, how do volunteers know that they're making an impact? Mm -hmm. You know, and and in the business world, it's how do you know that we're winning as a business? You know, what's, what's the win for your position? Are we clarifying that for our employees? Um, You know, what an important question of, you know, Hey, I I know we're paying you X amount of dollars to do this job description, but what does a win look like? Right. You know, and, uh, and, um, the, that the impact of that win too, like not just on the business side, but on the customer side, like what, yeah. you know, uh, volunteer or not, um, you know, mm-hmm. you're affecting somebody else in the world and you want to know that you're doing a great job at it. 
um, and, and creating that value for them. Absolutely. So I, I really appreciated that. And I was so glad you brought this back up because these are uh, uh, ministry or uh, nonprofit or business. Uh, I don't really, it doesn't really matter where you're at. They're kind of key points. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really thankful for leaders, uh, nonprofit leaders like Renee and, and others in our community and who, um, who are leading because we learn so much about leadership about serving others through um, through their work with volunteers and you know the the people that they work with and are trying to bring value to it's mm-hmm. it's huge. I'm grateful for grateful for them. Yeah. So, well, well, thanks again. Thanks for hanging out today. It was great. Yeah. to Talk with Renee. Yeah, yeah. and I hope uh, if you guys have any questions about Resources of Hope, I hope you'll connect with her. Check um, out that website, resourcesofhope.org. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, thanks for tuning into the podcast today. Don't forget to give us a like. Yep. Subscribe. subscribe. Yeah. Let us know you're listening. Uh, we'd love to hear some questions from you. If you've got some questions about leadership or things that you'd like for us to address on the podcast, let or us if know. you know a business owner, that'd be a great opportunity yeah. for us to chat with. I, you know, I, I'm always looking for some great. Always looking to chat for those with. connections. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, so thanks, keep uh, keep at it, man. Yeah, keep leading well. Serve well. We'll see you guys. Bye bye.